Welcome to the Nick Lane Cannabis Podcast. My name's Kat. And I'm almost on fire. Don't do that. that. That's not cool. Okay. So that, that intro's lit. This is the Newfoundland Cannabis Podcast. And we are your hosts and uh, not on fire right now. Woo. If this is your first time listening, sorry. <laughs> if this is not your first time listening, welcome <coughs> back. Business as usual. Yeah, this this isn't this this is a train wreck. All right, so um, <coughs> this is part two. It's our first two parter. Ooh, it's a uh, double ender. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I like regret having it as a two parter, but I I don't. Nah, we've got some stuff to go over. Yeah, and this one is going to be a little bit shorter. We're going to try to keep it short and simple because I don't want to like just throw information at people and to be honest like this is one that you want to do your own research on too like you want to look into this and like learn yourself just go deep go deeper and it goes deeper, deeper, and deeper and deeper like the dark net maybe not that deep I, you never know truth <laughs> so we focused of course in part one a lot about like what your rights are and kind of like where we stand there um part two we're gonna talk a little more specifically about one company and it just so happens that like this company is the biggest contract um and supplier for the newfoundland government yes and full disclosure i do have to make it known that i did work with the canopy growth company um, I worked on a retail level myself, so I, I just want to make it known that I did work with the company, mm. and uh, anything that we're going to say in this podcast is information that has been released <coughs> by the press. Quite literally, a lot of this information has been, been researched um, through, like, various news articles. Um, yeah. CBC has actually done a lot of, like, investigations into this like they've requested public records yeah and there's just you know general uh business records things like that that are yeah so available to the public to to cover our asses none of this information is privileged it's all yeah like public access information um so like with that out of the way um i just want to say like it's 5 a.m right now (laughs) we're recording this um i have personally like missed my medication for two days so I'm, we're still recovering from that i'm um, just always not okay so that's i'm always recovering i will tell you like <laughs> pharmaceuticals like i have to take a very small dose still um to manage my anxiety and if i miss that for two days like i am a broken human if i miss my medication i stop working and faint so yeah, I, I don't get that quite extreme but yeah like, you know, migraines and just I'm I'm no good for like two days even after I start taking them again mm-hmm. um thankfully <laughs> parks and recreation has been getting us through that Ron Swanson Ron Swanson he's is my, my spirit animal my spirit animal too. right he represents both of us in a way and like I've, I have a whole new appreciation for Chris Pratt now that I've watched what we're 18 episodes into season four yep we're almost at episode season four no we're almost at season four (laughs) episode 20 oh shit so before we go to bed we are probably gonna hit episode 420 420. okay that's cool all right so in the effort of like 
trying to keep this short since we're we don't want to like blast information at you yeah let's not do that um, i so there's a couple of things i want to get out before we forget uh, i'm going to get them out at the beginning so um we've been listening to a podcast uh recently mm-hmm. uh this uh this guy has been amazing on twitter uh he's been very supportful of us we've been very supporting of like what he's doing um, hilarious to he, listen to he is like <laughs> i'm sitting here we're sitting here smoking and like listening to this guy and it's fucking hilarious like you feel like you're there <laughs> um so that is uh the freaking geekin podcast uh that is hosted by deke the freak uh he showed us a little love in, in episode three of his podcast um i do suggest you go give him a listen to uh, we love what he's doing and uh, we'll, po- we'll post a link in the show notes as well. Yep. And so, I mean, right now, um, I guess let's get right into it. Canopy Growth. Um, I'm sure anyone listening here knows who Canopy Growth is. If you don't know who Canopy Growth is, let me explain to you. I'll hand it over to you. Yes. So, back when Canada allowed uh, there to be producers of cannabis for a medical level a company called tweed purchased uh the old hershey's building on one hershey's way in smith's falls ontario that company then went on to buy other companies such as bedverkin and tokyo smoke uh, a couple of other places like haiku brands well yeah haiku brands um DNA Genetics, Leafs by Snoop. Oh, shh. No, well, we can talk about this completely now. No, shh, David, they don't want, no, you can't say Leafs by Snoop. Right. (laughs) What's it mean? But, yeah, so they ended up realizing that uh, they wanted to have an encompassing name, so they called it Canopy Growth. Um, Their tweed became their medical side, of course, until they decided to call Spectrum their medical side, and now Tweed is their recreational side. Tweed is actually their uh, their recreational stores themselves. And I mean, they shifted all of their medical product that was Tweed Main Street out to the recreational market. Mm-hmm. Now, um, so go ahead. You go oh ahead. Yeah. So what <laughs> I was going to say is, like, Canopy Growth is by and large the biggest supplier of cannabis to to Newfoundland Liquor Corporation. And they're also probably one of the biggest suppliers of medical and I mean, recreational they're, cannabis. In, they're arguably, and, and I, w- I don't think there are many people who would argue, and, and maybe it's fact that they're like the one of the, if not the largest cannabis companies in, in the world, certainly in Canada. Oh, definitely. And so... Um, there's this current, it's not open yet, but um, one of the big things that Canopy has done is they've entered into um, a pretty complicated agreement with the government. So there are supply agreements and then they're also uh, producing a, protu- a production facility. Mm-hmm. Uh, not too far outside of the city it's like technically within city limits but it's like on the far end of the city yeah and full disclosure uh before i worked with canopy i wanted to work in this grow facility when i found out about it (laughs) because like you know on the surface who wouldn't want to just like work 
in like a large cannabis grove. Well, yeah, exactly. I love being in in the middle of cannabis plants. So, so there's a couple of things I think we should break down off the start because there's going to be some numbers and some names. Yeah, let's lay it out like this. There are three companies. So three main companies we're going to look at. That is, of course, Canopy Growth. Yeah, and then there are two numbered companies. So in Newfoundland. these companies like companies are not required to have all of their information public like there's no requirement for an owner of a company to be public Mm -hmm. Uh, so the first and the main company we're going to look at um, is numbered company 80521 now this company has no like from what we understand no owner that we that we can identify um, any information through uh, access to information requests it's all been redacted yeah the only listed uh, information is a director uh, by the name of Dennis Clark so Dennis Clark from what I understand is a uh, like a a lawyer in the Mm -hmm. St. John's region I'm not sure what like he specializes in or anything like that but Mm -hmm. I I know he is a lawyer uh, practicing within the city uh, so at being listed as a director, uh, that doesn't mean that he owns any shares in the company. There's no way to really confirm that he does or does mm-hmm. not. And I guess I'll let you mention the third company, which is going to come up a, a little bit less. Yep. The third company is company 80694. Now, this company itself is a little bit different because we do know we do know who owns it so it is actually owned by mark who is one of the executives executives of canopy growth and um, then and phil share phil share who is also an executive with canopy with canopy growth so these three companies essentially are all kind of linked in uh, like if you were to see my notes here and maybe you know what maybe I'll post a picture <laughs> right? of my notes take a picture it, of it <laughs> it literally looks like a crazy person's like conspiracy theory notes and right it. we we've thought about getting the string uh, eventually we do want to do a uh, a much bigger canopy growth episode oh expose but kind of more focusing on the uh the world aspect of them not just the oh, yeah. aspect and we've even talked about doing the whole string, like to pictures TV thing for fun type thing. Uh, like just we're for all fun. On episode of Castle. Good inspiration. Yeah, so like that. That's kind of what these notes look like, and and it's. Or is it out? No, it's still alive. I resuscitated it. Mouth uh-huh. to mouth. Mouth so to yeah, mouth. Every joint. The eight zero six nine four. They're really going to come up less. Um, there's not really much else to say about them, but they are entered into the agreement on this this overall production facility. Mm-hmm. So, I guess eight zero five two one. This is where the trail really kind of starts. So we're gonna look back at um, I guess the first thing is like when this was all started. Um, so it was in early May of twenty eighteen. I completely spaced out while looking at my notes. <laughs> so on May the 4th, okay, um, Canopy had uh, entered into an agreement for land. Mm-hmm. So a couple of days later, 
they kind of made the public announcement of yeah. the land and location, and you know they had like a little bit of a news gathering. They broke soil on the land to make a big media announcement about it. Mm-hmm. Now at this time. I don't know the name of the company that owned the land prior, but the the land was technically owned by just a, a fourth company, we'll say. Okay. Uh, but they they only really come up just as as that kind of like main land holder, so I don't even really I don't they're not that important. Yeah, I mean they could have just been <laughs> in it for the money. <laughs> well, as you would, right? Yeah. <laughs> um. So, fast forward to May eleventh. Uh, Canopy provided. 332,009 shares mm-hmm. to company 80521. Now at the time that was about almost $9 million worth of shares. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would imagine now that is probably worth significantly more. Well as their stock has risen as their stock has since risen. that time. Um, so this was given to 80521 on May 11th. Um, according to records, 80521 never finalized the agreement for this land uh, until two months later in July. Uh, they paid $2.69 million for that land. Now you would say, well, where does Canopy come in here? So Canopy are leasing this land from 80521. Yep, and uh, 80521, whoever the mysterious owner or owners are, are actually paying for the structure itself. So they are actually going to rent the structure to Canopy, but they are actually paying for the physical structure. Like, other than, of course, you know, grow equipment, everything inside, just the physical structure. Yeah, and so the lease cost uh, from Canopy's financial records, which was $4.99 million annually for uh, a term of five years, Mm -hmm. uh, at which point uh, Canopy does have the option to actually buy the facility and land. This option was presented to them in return for those 332,000 shares that were issued. Mm -hmm. The overall cost of the facility is going to be about $55 $55 million. So, of course, the majority of that will be funded probably by this numbered company. Oh, yeah, definitely. Now, well, I guess we can't say for sure, but like, but it, 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 it the, the, you know, things kind of continue the way that they're already going. <laughs> it does seem that way. You know, they are, they, they have said they're splitting the cost. We don't know what percentage to what. Yeah. Um, now, I assume, though, as a land, the, the land and facility owner, that's probably the higher cost to get the whole structure going. Mm-hmm. But anyways, even if Canopy were paying the bulk of that, um, the Newfoundland government has made certain that you know they'll get their money's worth. How will they get their money's worth? So yeah, they are going to receive a forty million dollar remittance from the Newfoundland government. And so that means off anything that they sell through the Tweed stores, um, you know, normally uh, you would receive an 8% commission for any cannabis sold mm-hmm. uh, through NLC supply. Uh, but yeah, $40 million essentially in tax breaks um, for cannabis sold. Other small time 
uh, you know, independent stores, they're not getting any of these breaks. No. But, you know, here's Tweed with already these breaks on the production facility. They're getting to open um, six locations we've discovered across the province, not yeah. the four we mentioned. So it's all kind of shady for, from that point. It's like it's not set to favor the, the province, which is struggling economically. That That's no surprise. Exactly. It's not uh, supporting people who are right here, right now. It's supporting. You know. It's supporting a multi-billion dollar company. Exactly. Why does a multi-billion dollar company need any assistance in building that facility? Yeah, and it, it kind of goes with the trend of Newfoundland, where very slowly they're trying to kill off the small business and, and independence, and, you know, very slowly, not so slowly. So, you know, that's kind of the gist of it. Like, no one really knows who owns this company. There's um, ties to... The, an address of Seven Plank Road. Now, this is, a, a, I imagine, a large office space. Yeah, it's uh, said that the office space also has a law firm. Um, by uh, Owned by Dean McDonald. Yeah, who uh, is a known liberal known advocate. Known liberal business ties. Um, yeah. And there's also a canopy growth office, office. At this same location. At Seven Plank Road. Now, the original application for company 80521 shares the same suite number suite 301 as three at least three companies that dean mcdonald's firm does own mm -hmm. uh, i don't think we really need to list those mm -hmm. um but they are three pretty large uh like sports and entertainment related investments within the the city canopy has been asked about 80521 directly Jordan Sinclair uh, from Canopy has said that he is completely unsure of the shareholder structure. Uh, they have cited U.S. border uncertainties as why these people don't want to be named. Which seems like a reasonable thing not to want to do to people because I get how unreasonable the U.S. borders are right Certainly, now. Certainly, yeah. And I mean, you know what? As like a former little goth kid, I, I almost never made it across the border. So... <laughs> You know, I'm not even going to try anymore. So, I mean, that's really, like, we could go on about this for forever. Forever. But I think, like, that just says enough to know that, like, something really isn't right here. I have actually taken it upon myself to reach out to, we are actually in the <laughs> middle of a provincial election right now. Yeah, and uh, it, it kind of has been a little bit of a topic among some of the some candidates. Some of our leaders. Um, yeah. As you might imagine, the Liberal Party hasn't been too keen to really look into this, which just really adds the it little adds fuel to, to it. The, yeah, it adds to the questions. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, the current leaders, I've reached out to the leaders of um, like each of the uh, major political parties that are represented here. Uh, so that would be, um, in no particular order, I guess, like Dwight Ball uh, from mm -hmm. the Liberal Party, who is the current Premier of Newfoundland. Um, I le reached out to uh, Chas Crosby, who is the leader of the official opposition, the PC party at the moment. Uh, I've also reached out to Allison Coffin of the NDP. Well, that sounds a bit grave. <laughs> right. And so I have lastly reached out to Graydon Pelly. Now, uh, I'll start by saying Graydon Pelly 
Uh, I didn't get a response from him. No, I understand that uh, he did have, like, uh, from what I understand, some personal matters, so he's even withdrawn a little bit from his campaign. Yeah, so it's completely understandable. So it's understandable that, you know, there's been no response there. That That's fine. Dwight Ball, I, I got nothing. I reached out to Dwight Ball uh, on two separate occasions, and I no response there uh, by Twitter or by... That's nothing new. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't expect any... Any different any from different. Dwight. Yeah, so... So I then reached out to um, Allison Coffin, uh, again, from the NDP. Essentially, I'm not going to read the message verbatim, uh, but essentially I did bring up, like, canopy growth uh, being an area of concern along with liberal ties. Um, including their former CFO being the co-founder of Tweed, Chuck Rafici. That's on the federal side of the Liberal Party. We'll get into that. <laughs> <laughs> so essentially what I asked is if you have any comment on the province's dealings with Canopy or intention to look into the deal with the numbered company if elected, and would you consider looking at how anti-local the cannabis uh, business system is in this province? Uh, so from Allison, um, I... From that message, I did get a response. Uh, it was not from Allison. Uh, it was from a volunteer uh, manning, managing her account. So essentially, this they, they said they will pass on my message to the campaign team. Um, I know they will be interested in what you're saying. The last I heard is that people, including media, were looking for more solid proof of connected liberal connections. As for how anti-local the system is, um, I know Allison has strong opinions and has publicly commented, I believe, thanks again for the note. And they did offer to have the campaign team contact me back uh, by email, uh, to which I haven't received any response. Which is unfortunate. I, I was really thinking of like the, the people facing parties like the NDP that I would have got a more personalized response. Mm -hmm. And so then this brings me to really what what's the most surprising like i don't think it's any secret that just our core values generally don't align with anything that has the word conservative well i mean they were very against legalization of cannabis all these years and and i know this is not like this this is separate from like the andrew Scheer federal conservative party mm -hmm. but still conservative values and cannabis not really generally aligned mm -hmm. now I will say that the leader of the PC party, Chess Crosby, has been probably the most outspoken about this deal with Canopy. Mm -hmm. It is something very big in his uh, in campaign. In his current campaign, actually. Yep. Like, I've seen sponsored ads. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's like, you don't need to preach to me, I already know. <laughs> we could teach you a thing or two, maybe, about right. it. Like, we're more conspiracy theory than you are, sir. Yeah, and so... All respect, all little, respect. A little background, <laughs> um, like Chess is a lawyer mm -hmm. um, within the province. He's a pretty well-known lawyer. Um, and I did actually get a response from Chess Crosby. And a personalized response. Yeah, so this one, where it is more personalized, and I apologize, I am going to read through this one. Okay. So it does say, hi, Brad. Thanks for reaching out to me on this. Obviously, I've been fairly open about my issues with the Canopy Growth deal. Uh, it's a dirty deal that I'm hoping we'll be able to shine more light on in government. I've been greatly concerned with the struggles of all small businesses in this province, and that includes those trying to get a foot on the ladder in the cannabis industry. 
However, unlike, say, the bear business in Newfoundland and Labrador, where small microbreweries have been able to pop up and thrive alongside of major players, you would see the government has put its hand on the scales to support the major corporate players at the expense of local industry. Small business is a core element of our economy, and so long as they meet the health and safety standards set out in the Cannabis Act, I see no reason why small cannabis operations shouldn't be part of that. So my plans for cannabis businesses are therefore the same as those for all small businesses. Tax relief, improving retail spending, and ensuring that our small upstarts aren't overshadowed by corporations getting tax dollars from the government. I do hope that answers some of your questions, Brad. I might have to listen to find out. Chess. So I'm not endorsing any one party at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be quite honest, I don't know. I haven't even decided who I'm voting for yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as statements go, that's a really good statement. That, that, that's a statement. (laughs) Um, you know, that's at least someone who seems to understand or at least know what to say Mm -hmm. when it comes to the, the problems that our businesses are actually facing. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know we've referenced in the last episode, like that one of the more independent stores, uh, THC. Yep. Um, so, I mean, I think a day or so after we posted our last episode. Yeah, there was um, an actual interview. There was actually like a follow-up interview yeah. with him. And so I want to actually look that one up here. Just give me a second. Yeah, so basically um, with the 8%, um, you know, it's an 8% commission, as we mentioned, that uh, retailers are getting. So on top of, you know, repeated stock issues that have been more favoring Loblaws and Indeed. canopy. Um, you know, there was a quote here, and I'm just trying to find the exact quote from uh, Thomas Clark, the owner of THC, who has also been very vocal against treating uh, canopy. Yeah, there's been a few articles, um, you know, and 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 I I love it. It's great. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, essentially. Um, Thomas says at the current 8% commission for retailers, it's really just a matter of time at this point before his business fails. And that's really unfortunate because he does employ people and... Uh, and he really, like, he has a passion for this uh, this business. Yeah. You know, he's been one of the most vocal people in our community about rights for independent cannabis retailers mm-hmm. and, you know, calling on fairness when it's shown. Yeah. So, you know, we just wanted to mention that as well, because that just goes into, again, showing that uh, currently the Newfoundland government is really favoring the large corporations. Like, Canopy doesn't need a tax break. Like, why aren't businesses like Mr. Clark's getting a break? Why Mm -hmm. aren't you giving that break to local businesses, not billion-dollar corporations? Exactly. And then maybe if they can work on that first, then we can start working on craft grows, too. Right. And, um, you know, I've said this on our social media platforms as well. Like we've tried that application process. Yeah. No, it's it's and, impossible. I and mean, now it's even more impossible. Well, that's the thing. We started January 1st. Mm-hmm. Like we literally started on January 1st to make sure we were one of the first. I think by if they numbered the applications, I think we were second. Third, I third think. Third to apply for the year. Yeah. And, you know, the further you kind of read through and dig into that application process, it was already, like, so stacked against you. You would have had to sustain yourself for at least a year and a half yeah. of growing your and having your facility before ever being able to sell. 
Exactly. And so Health Canada have now made that even harder um, on the medical side or for anyone wanting to sell uh, by requiring that you actually have your facility completely operational before you can get your license. Operational, licensed, and approved. So like, you have to have all of your permits approved before you can even put a plant in there. Well, yeah, so you can't, like, previously you could apply, get your license, build your facility, have some final approval, mm -hmm. then go through your, you know, year and a half of crop growing and testing. Well, yeah, and some people, what they would do is actually build up, like, different parts of their facility as they went. So, like, they would exactly. start with their veg facility and then work on their flowers facility, have that. But under the new rules, you have to have a fully functioning facility before you can even apply for a yeah. license. And that's disgusting. It's been hard enough for companies to get funding with, with the license. license. Exactly. Uh, most Without people are not going to put up that money no. for an indoor facility. Uh, with except maybe, a chance. Except maybe one company, Oxley Group, mm -hmm. uh, which Oxley Group is ran by former co-founder of Tweed. Chuck okay. Rafici. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this one company may benefit from it. They're in the business of, of cannabis upstarts. So, you know, again, it all circles around canopy. Mm -hmm. Everything comes back to canopy. And I think that's, you know, we're just going to see more and more of that coming out. Um, we've still, holy crap, we've still managed to keep a little bit of a shorter episode. Oh, that's great. So, I mean, that's pretty much, I think, like what we wanted to really cover on just the general overview of the Newfoundland side. Yeah, and uh, what we can do now is we can just throw out our plugs and let everybody kind of stew on the information we threw at them and uh, start their own rabbit holes. And I mean, really, like, I, I don't want to endorse anyone, but I will say that if you look at Jody Emery on Twitter, there is just, like, she does have a list that she's created of all of the major politicians that that are involved mm -hmm. so you know think what you may about the emery's personally professionally whatever um that is a very good resource of seeing everyone that's involved yeah that's a good place to start your research it is and you, if you <laughs> start keep from going the down spider that, web from there and it it does really <laughs> go on and on mm -hmm. uh, so yeah plugs all right, so to find us, the cannabis itself, you can find us on Instagram at NNL, 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 banana, I don't know, at NL Cannabis Podcast, or on Twitter at NL Cannabis Pod. Um, you can also find us at our own website, uh, getsour.ca. Mm -hmm. This is our actual suggested place if you want your grandmother to listen <laughs> everyone wants their grandmother to listen so your grandmother should listen she can do it at getsour.ca she just has to click the pretty play button mm -hmm. we'll even give her a shout out if if someone's nan is listening to this if you if you want us to give your nana a shout out we will give your nana a shout out but i have like, no problem you've with gotta that listen to you she's got to listen to it and we want a reaction video Exactly, and maybe something knit, knitted. Maybe something knitted, yeah. Yeah, that'd be nice. All right, and to find our grow, because we do actually grow cannabis under the ACMPR, uh, you can find us at Sour Weasel Cannabis on Instagram. To find us as individuals, 
on Instagram, which for me it would be mostly selfies, plants, and animals. Uh, you can find me at moon.grown. And I can be found at arkham.smoke. Right, and we wanted to shout out a, uh, a friend we've made on the interwebs since legalization. Uh, his name is Solar Sun. Uh, so you can find, if you find us on YouTube, in our featured channels list, uh, Solar Sun is there. He does the uh, Solar Sun Grows. Yep, and he can actually teach you how to grow things, how to train your plants. I think he's actually doing cloning soon. Yeah, he's got some nice uh, tips up on germination. Oh yeah, germination. Uh, transplanting. He oh yeah. He Nutrient. like justified one of our transplanting methods. Oh yeah, actually used one of the same uh, the, the, with hormones. The root powder. Yeah, the uh, the promix. Yeah. Root so powder. that was cool. As as like new growers, it was nice to see someone who like I I know he says he's still learning. Yeah, uh, we're to get all back learning. into it. But it's nice to see, you know, an old school grower, uh, as they say, yeah. uh, you know, justifying our own silly methods. Right. And if you like our podcast, let us suggest to you the Toronto, the Toronto Cannabis, Cannabis podcast, podcast hosted by Remy Radai. Uh, so he's giving a focus on, you know, the other part of the East. <laughs> West for us, but still the East. Yeah, exactly. And he uh, focused on a lot of the local growers, uh, organic growing, and one situation, uh, Stepwell Soils, he has an episode with, which, yeah, which is we really still, great. Well, we actually still have to finish that one. Yes, we do have to finish that one. But, like, he gets a lot of uh, good Canadian uh, companies yeah, like a, on. Uh, he had a uh, cannabis uh, lawyer. Yep. Um, well, a, a lawyer talking about cannabis. Um, I think she specialized in like actually, uh, I think tenant uh, rules. If I yeah, I think that's correctly. what it was. Yeah. So, anyways, that that was a great episode too. So he gets a lot of cool people on there, different kind of opinions and feedback. Which is our plan too. We do plan to have uh, some interviews yeah, and a couple as, of know, other the guests. Sucks here. So as we get, yeah. get a chance to get out, and yeah, so um, you know that's really all of our plugs for right now yeah if we forgot anything sorry i don't have it in my notes and i'm really bad for my notes but um other than that save the bottlenose dolphins save the bottlenose dolphins yeah yeah, since I was 18, worked for different heartless corporations for the last 12 years. I feel like I work for Satan. Selling television, the internet, and the nation was secularism needed. Everybody is waiting for the next iPhone. Made by indentured agents and sells for a thousand dollars. How much does it cost to make them on top of your monthly fee? Thinking how much you're paying for a service that costs fractions of what those companies taking. They making profits up in the tens of the billions. I make thirty thousand a year and barely can make a living. Plus they make me work on Christmas, Easter, and Thanksgiving. Yeah, they pay me double. Cause they have to, what if they didn't? It's the same for most jobs. Not many a different slave labor on top of wage labor to make a killing. Kids make it in a factory, I sell it in a store. Then I buy one for myself, cause I'm just another whore. Your productivity leads to profitability. Your productivity leads to profitability. They make it in a factory, I sell it in a store. Then I buy one for myself, cause I'm just another whore. Your productivity leads to profitability. Your productivity leads to profitability. They make it in a factory, I sell it in a store. Your productivity.
creativity leads to profitability So somebody else can get rich off of all your abilities And that's the American dream if you think it all differently You're a heretic and terrorist against the divinity of capitalism Such a savage religion relies on acts of attrition Leaves you trapped in a system where people sell their souls for the goals that they're after The millions are free to do whatever you please Were you trapped in a prison of materialism The material vision of imperialism was hidden by satirical sit-ins Politicians serve the profits of winnings Are all their super PAC supporters How they got the position Damn We all encouraged to be apathetic Apathetic Here's something And half forget it I would end in half a second You sell your soul to discount Buy back again In time when interest It seems as though the cycle has no ending Your productivity leads to profitability Your productivity leads to profitability They make it in the factory I sell it in the store Then I buy one for myself Cause 